Frank takes a lot of love and guesswork. Thankfully, we don't have to do it alone. We're three hermanas who are moms, wives, and share how we do life, family, and faith. Join our familia as we learn together, laugh, and have sometimes loud and crazy conversations. Welcome to A Little Mas. Familia. It's nice to be with you guys again. <laughs> it's like your voice is all extra sweet like honey. Hola. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 74. We're about to hit 100. I know. It's and crazy. Like, yeah, it's it's craziness to think we have 74 episodes That's under our crazy. belts. That's it's awesome. Well, you're here with your hermanas, Mabel and Celeste. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Evie is out on a free day today. We gave her the day. <laughs> I was going to say, living her life. Living her life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But she will be back next week with us. Mm-hmm. Well, how have you been, sister? I've been good. I've been good, sister. You know, trying to stay over here in Cali. We're having a little, you know, heat wave. Yeah, it hasn't been as bad, though, as it can get. I've been so thankful for that because the truth is we've had a nice summer thus far. Real cool. It wasn't up until just just yesterday, right? It started kind of... Kind of warming up a little. It was creeping to. It was in the hundreds, and I was like, "Oh, all right, we get a little up (laughs) there. We gonna stay indoors all day." (laughs) Yeah. So my daughter has been really wanting to play outside, Mm -hmm. but we we've tried the like two o'clock playtime. Oh no, that's just the hottest time. So dang hot. We we tried. See, we even tried. Taking a dip in the pool uh-huh. around, you know, oh, okay. two-ish. But y'all have like a dream setup, okay? <laughs> y'all have her little pool. You have your little, like, what is it? Like a temporary awning oh, over yeah, it. Yeah. So it's but like super shaded. We took it down, so oh, I didn't have it up. And okay. so that's the worst. Dang, so y'all were out in the heat, No, huh? so I, no. I, you know what I told her? I said, look, we're going to wait till the sun goes down just a smidge. Uh-huh. And then we're going to go. So we actually didn't get in until about 6.30 p.m. Oh, that's perfect But it was time. still and it was really warm. warm out. It was kind of humid, It was the yeah. perfect time. Because we stayed out till about, we probably were out there for two hours. The sun sets at like 8.30 p.m. out here where we're at. Uh-huh. And so it was perfect. We got to swim around for a little bit. It was really nice. Oh. Okay. But not when the hot, you know, the sun, sun was at out. Yeah, so that's my peak. thing is when we do that, we have this tree in our front lawn, mm-hmm. right, where I can put like a picnic blanket and it gives a good shade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll make sure that she's all lathered up in some yeah, lawn, right? <laughs> Me <truth>. too. <laughs> and she has her hat on. I have like water bottles, you know, our water is mm-hmm. like just right there ready yeah, to go cold. Access, yes. Yeah. But it was just too hot. And this girl can go for hours. I was just like, look, let's wait it out. Same thing. It was like probably going to be about six o'clock around Mm -hmm. that time. And it was the sun was perfect. It was perfect. There was still good light. The sun's not burning on your skin. So, yeah. And I could be we could be out there. I don't have to be under the shade. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry that she's going to overheat. Like it was right. It was really good. I um, it's crazy. I've been bringing because it hasn't been so hot, but I still have been bringing our dog in um, every once in a while when it gets like Mm -hmm. really hot in the middle of the day. Mm Because she's a mountain dog, so she has a lot of fur. Oh, and I know, just like mine over there, my yeah, little American Eskimo. Yeah, I see, and like we I've been, I, you know, she gets groomed and everything to try to lessen all the the hair mm-hmm. that she has on her. But I still worry. Luckily, I've I've been out there like the very heat of the day. I'm testing out the concrete and everything because you know how they say like the grass will get a certain yes. temperature. The concrete. I just saw something like that yesterday. The asphalt. Um, sidewalk. Yes. You know, all of it, and it's different temperatures. And usually, of course, those are hotter. Yeah. And, and, and so I've, I've been checking out there. Luckily, the way the way our house is, you know, positioned on our street, the the sun never hits it completely directly, and except for, you know, obviously at midday. Right. Uh, but there there are areas that say completely shaded. They never get any water. That's so like, cool. for instance, yeah. that's why I was talking about in past episodes when we had that rainy season mm-hmm. out here in California. My backyard was always flooded because oh, it doesn't wow. get the right amount of sun. So, oh, no. so, yeah, it, it just have, wouldn't it dry out. Dry. Oh, yes, it wow. was always just soggy, always flooded back. There was the most oh, annoying no. thing in the world. <laughs> and so I've been checking those areas and we have like a little mini canopy for her mm-hmm. with her where her food stays under and all that stuff. And we got rid of the pigeons that we had at our house. Thank the Lord. Yes. We I love the animals. The pigeons, ordeal, but thank yeah. God now they're gone. And they, it's good because they used to try to eat her food and they would poop in her food oh, and yes. in her water. And she, she's a diva. She don't eat it. Like, she doesn't. No, thank Like, you. I don't expect her to, but it's I'm like, yes. <laughs> she wouldn't touch it. And so I was like, oh, this is. And so I'd have to go out there like every 30 minutes to like clean out her oh, water bowl, wow. clean out, you know, 
the poop out of the food and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was just, it was bad. And so, um, we, she has no more of that problem anymore. And luckily I've been noticed the pigeons and humanely, of course. Yes. Humanely. <laughs> yes, I did. We did. Mm-hmm. We, now we just have a, um, like, uh, a little fencing over our, or underneath our solar panels mm-hmm. because I, I learned that they love being under there. And you know, you said something like, like, building nests and all these things under there, they're, right? Yeah, they were building nests yeah. under there. And then right up by our doorway, we had a big nest. So now we have like all these little gel think pods. About. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, and it's totally fine, non-toxic, all that stuff. They just don't like it. They don't like like gel, I mm-hmm. guess the guy was saying. And so um, she doesn't, have to, you know, Polka doesn't have to worry about that anymore mm-hmm. either. And so she's good, you know, my dog, she's great. great. But so just trying to keep her cool. So I've been thankful that now it hasn't been as hot because I feel like it's been easier for her. I'll go out there, I wet her down, you yes. know. Yes, oh, I know. But it wasn't like, yes, too. it wasn't like last summer where mm-hmm. she had to, I mean, I didn't know that your dog, every day was you would hot. have her indoors too yes. because it was just, it's so dang hot. Yes. It's just too much. And there were days too, I mean, and. Thankfully, like, you know, we, we potty trained our dog when she was super little, like, I mean, three months old. Mm-hmm. And so she's she's always been potty trained. So even though she stays most of her time outside, she yeah. still remembers. She's such a smart little doggy. Still my, remembers. My sweet Polka, she's never been potty trained. Oh, no. She only yeah. goes in the grass. Oh, okay. But I don't, she's not house trained. So oh, I don't know if, yeah. like, if we have her in there. Sometimes I get scared. I'm like, oh, no, she's going to pee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah and worry. so she's really good about that. Because as long as she's in it, only one time I think we worried because... We were out longer than we had expected to be out, running an errand. And by the time we came home, and we have a little, like, you know, little uh, pad for her where she gets to kind of relax and chill in the house. That's yeah. her little, you know, area. Yeah. And so, um, and she's usually with us, but whenever she wants to just kind of veg out, she gets, it's like her little cushion where she gets to lay on. Mm-hmm. And so, poor thing, we got home and I was so worried. I was like r- running into the house, like, oh my gosh, I gotta <laughs> let her out. And my poor little mama, I look. She had peed, but on her little oh pad. Like, she was gosh. so smart. Like, she's like, I'm not going to go on the carpet yeah. or anything. She, like, <laughs> on her little, she's like, well, this is mine. Oh, my gosh. And no so, way. and it's, it's big enough that I was able to carry it. Yeah. And just, you know, take it outside. And it's waterproof. Uh-huh. So I took it outside, dumped out her little urine or whatever, yeah. right? And then just, like, washed it with soap oh and all this gosh. on her detergent. But I was like, oh, my gosh. She knows she's her so mama. smart. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I felt so My bad. book would have been like, like I just got to go. Where did I go? <laughs> On this white rug? Okay. <laughs> she would not have cared at we all. We were so impressed. We're like, wow, you had the wherewithal to know to like yeah. go on your How path. How awesome that she remembers else. that training. Oh. Okay. So with me, every time I go out there, it, my routine usually is after I get all my morning stuff done, I go straight outside mm-hmm. and I refill her bowl, put new food in mm-hmm. there. Um, because we, we feed her uh, two times a day, but the morning one's like the bigger serving, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. And so, and then I'll play with her back there for a bit because my daughter's still asleep. Mm-hmm. Like, she's knocked out. She ain't gonna <laughs> wake up. So, um, so everything's fine. And, uh, but there's this dog, right? Our back door neighbor has oh this dog goodness. that just pumps It's like a me. horse. I'm yes. I know. He, okay. The way our backyards are all set, right? Cause you we said live, he punks you? He punks <laughs> me. In our neighborhood, you know, it's a standard looking like suburban neighborhood, uh-huh. you know, and um, and every backyard has like um, it's it's like a, a raised up, not like a garden, but, you know, where you can put trees and all uh-huh. that stuff. Right. Um, I used to know what this was called, but I don't know what it's called at this point. And so that dog, I'm guessing, gets up on that. And he's a big dog. He mm-hmm. or she is a big dog. And he'll go. He'll he'll honestly put his paws like holding <laughs> on to the white fence. No way. And just rawr, 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 rawr looking at me oh my like just goodness. what you doing over here i told her to come out here in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm just like and i tell my husband all the time I'm like oh my gosh this dog like scares the heck no out of me way. yeah and he always was like well i go out there and he don't i don't see nothing no one comes out at <laughs> so me it's just you yes and then one day one day he finally saw the dog and i was like looking out the window i was like i knew it i knew the dog was gonna come out and my husband's like yeah but he ain't that big and i was like yes he is he's humongo i feel like he's gonna hop over that fence and get me it's bad you know but anyway um luckily he hasn't been bothering me too much but sometimes i got scared i was like that dog's just gonna hop over and just be like oh, no. <laughs> just chomp 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 me up oh my god and then my little fear when i was little comes yeah, back yeah. a little bit <laughs> Even though you've been over for like years, yeah. but yeah. I was all like, uh-uh. it starts to creep up. Yeah. Old Mabel's coming back. I got, you know, my feet can sprint. Okay. I knock people down on rocks. Uh-huh. Ask Sally. Yeah, you did. That's right. We're here messing around trying to save your life and chase you when I get dropped on a rock. Yeah. Right on the very edge of it, too. Poor Sally. I'm sorry. But 
Yeah, it, it's been it's it's been good weather, thank yes. the Lord, and and it's been good. It hasn't been too bad. So today's episode is entitled "Fake Happy." And especially with us even talking about the weather and how glorious and beautiful Mm -hmm. it's been, you know, I have had moments where even if the sun is shining, the birds are singing, uh, I don't feel like, and it's not just, I don't feel like doing anything. It's like long bouts of just being like, you feel in this place of just like sadness Mm -hmm. and you almost feel like, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like, what's wrong with me? I should... I should be happy. Like I should be okay. Like, why don't I, why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. You know, or am I not um, like the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I tell (laughs) myself that. And why am I feeling this way type of a thing? And Mm so we, um, Celeste and I will be sharing about different moments in our lives where uh, we've either uh, faced uh, different forms of anxiety or different forms of depression. Mm Sally will walk us through all of her wonderful knowledge that she has. She's like, oh my God, pressure. I'm just kidding. It just comes naturally. Talk about (laughs) But, um, but, you know, even as we were a long time ago, we, we have been wanting to, um, go through some articles of celebrities that we've Mm -hmm. read on that have openly shared about anxiety or depression that they have faced. And then for me also, I think when it comes to anxiety and depression, um, how I lean on the Lord in those mm-hmm. moments um, and how his faithfulness just comes in, in in different ways and it can look in different ways. Like, for instance, I had a friend who told me that for her, the way that God showed just his goodness and love towards her in her situation was pretty much the Holy Spirit prompting her, like, I want you to go and actually speak to a therapist mm-hmm. about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And she said, if it weren't for that prompting, she said it was, it was even through, she was meeting up with like a Bible study group. And, um, and one of the women that she like really admires and loves pretty much told her, you know, I've been praying and I just, I, I, I feel like your next step is to go to therapy. And mm-hmm. she said like, God, God was just so good. He knew that me, myself, like I, I figured I needed this, but I wouldn't have gone for it, <laughs> you know? And yet, God was so good that he's like, okay, you need somebody to yeah. tell you, you yeah. know, tell my daughter she needs to go mm-hmm. and get therapy. And it's, and, and it's, it was how awesome too, that she was able to be obedient in that way. And, yeah. and, you know, and kind of pursue that route. I think when somebody is struggling with anxiety, depression, I mean, these are one of these things that you don't normally talk about it, you know, in your social settings or, you know, within family members and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's something that is recently become less and less of a taboo issue mm-hmm. you know with all of these celebrities spreading awareness and you know the mental health community trying you know to make sure that people understand that this is no different than maybe seeing a doctor you yeah. know um it's part of the human condition it's part of living life and being human yeah you know these we are these complex um beings that have emotions and feelings and you know we experience things and that's kind of the way that we were designed and created, you know? And so it's kind of one of these things I tell people all the time when I work with them within my professional setting, it's like, look, we're not robots. We have feelings. We're going to feel things. And sometimes we feel them intensely, you know, and understanding and recognizing that it's okay to feel those things and it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that seeking help is available. I think that's kind of the, the beginning of, you know, confronting and facing that battle or that challenge. But it can be very scary and intimidating because you're thinking about I'm I, whatever. I mean, think about I'm thinking about times when I've been depressed mm-hmm. and the deep, dark things that I've thought that have come up to my mind. Mm-hmm. And then thinking, I have to now go and share this with a stranger. Yeah. You know, a therapist or a psychiatrist or mm-hmm. a doctor, you know. Um, but that's where that courage and that bravery, that kind of that resilience comes in for us. And we tend to be a very resilient, you know, beings you mm-hmm. know coming in and knowing that I, I i gotta get this help and so yes surrounding yourself with that support system people that that love on you that say you know what i'll go with you if you need if you yeah. need, you know if you're afraid to go alone yeah you know or you um i'll be there for you or let you know let's practice what you'd say kind of a thing yeah. um yeah it's it's a tough thing but man is it needed you know it's, it's interesting as you were saying that it's you know going 
uh, to a mental health professional mm-hmm. when you need it is the same as when you go f- to the doctor mm-hmm. when you're hurt with something. I'm scared to tell him, look, my side hurts. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but I, I gotta, gotta say it. It's yeah. like that commercial. You've seen that commercial. They're like, I, I can't remember what it was for. I think it was like for um, PCOS or something. Mm-hmm. But they were the, like the young lady in the commercial. They're the doctor's asking her, so what symptoms do you feel? You know, on a you know scale of one to ten, how how intense is the pain? And she's yeah. like, it's a three. And her internal voice is like, stop lying. It's not a ten. <laughs> you know, but like yeah. you, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. it's just it, it, scary. it reminds me of I don't know if you watched Kanye's interview with David Letterman on Netflix. No, I have not. Yeah, he has David Letterman has a show called like my. Like my next guest doesn't need an introduction, something like that. Oh, I don't okay. remember. Don't oh, quote I me at that. Seen that. But uh, yeah, so he was on this next season mm-hmm. of it, and he was talking about you know uh, living with bipolar mm-hmm. disorder and um, and what that was like. And he was he told Letterman, and again, I'm paraphrasing his quote, but it was pretty much saying you know people, if someone has a sprained ankle, you don't tell them, hey, keep on walking on the sprained ankle, mm-hmm. it'll heal. And I was like, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have used those analogies yeah. when you talk about it, too. It's like, you know, if my arm is broken, you wouldn't tell me, oh, well, just keep on working. You're no. going to be fine. It's like, no, you need to go get help. Right. Fix your arm. And he's like, I wish people would also think the same way when it comes to mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, it is part of you our need to- mental and physical condition. Like one cannot exist without the other. Yeah. You know, when we're I mean, just think about it this way. Sometimes when you're so anxious um, or so nervous, you'll feel it physiologically in your body. Mm-hmm. You know, you might stomach pains. Um, yeah. People that are super stressed out will feel, you know, intense amount of pressure or pain on their the base of their neck or mm-hmm. their shoulders. I mean, it's 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 all interconnected. When it makes sense, right? God made us interconnected mm-hmm. beings. Mm-hmm. Like we we realize how connected we are to everything. We we talked about this even with our self care episode of how connected we are even to the earth. Yeah, you know where it does something to your chemical um, makeup when your feet just touch mm-hmm. ground, like touch dirt, My touch sand. You know, to do. <laughs> it's true. And it's like, of course he did. He made mm-hmm. he made us and this earth to enjoy. You know everything that's a part of this Mm -hmm. earth to enjoy ourselves. And it's like, we forget that we think we compartmentalize everything, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Oh, my mental health has nothing else. It has nothing to do with anything else. And yeah, you're right. It will affect you physically Mm -hmm. as well. It it, it makes complete sense for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for myself, I think one of the big reasons why I was thinking about this episode too, was recently like the last month or so. um, I was just having it almost felt like it was every day really where I, it was even hard to just get up off of a chair, off of the couch, wherever I was. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand why. And some, and, and I sometimes I think like, you're just lazy. Like you're just lazy because in my mind I have 10,000 things I should be doing mm-hmm. and I, I can't get myself to do them. And I couldn't, and I can't understand why, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and again, it's like I said, the sun's shining, everything's beautiful. I give my, I get myself enough energy to like sit down on the floor and play with my daughter. But mm-hmm. even then I'm not like fully in it. I'm mm-hmm. doing it more because out of guilt, like I'm, you're not a bad mom, Mabel, right. play with, you're playing with your daughter. You're doing okay. Something, you know? And, um, I remember there was a moment last month where I just started crying and my husband's like, honey, what's wrong? And I was like, I've just been really sad. And um, he just looked at me. And and because we've been married for so long, mm-hmm. he knows me so well and loves me, mm-hmm. you know, everything about me. And I think at this point, it's not anything new. Like he's 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 seen mm-hmm. these different sides of me, mm-hmm. you know. But I still feel so much shame a lot of the time because it's like I shouldn't be feeling this way. Like I do my devotion every morning. Mm-hmm. I read scripture like I know that I can have joy and true joy and it comes from the Lord. And um, and my husband was just so great. He just hugged me and he was like, it's OK, honey. It's OK to feel that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize like it doesn't make God any less big mm-hmm. or any less wonderful and loving. It's just sometimes for some reason my mind just like I I just feel like it just won't catch up to how I want it to feel. Mm-hmm. And and that's OK, you know. Um, uh, for me, I've also realized in my own situation, it's also very tied to my well-being and health. Mm-hmm. When, um, when I start feeling that way, I, 
I just don't take care of myself at all health wise mm-hmm. because it just feels like it almost feels like it's just like, what's the point? And I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way. Mm-hmm. And um, and so all of a sudden, I think I've had to realize that I need to go to people whom I trust and not keep it within myself. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me also when I was in college, I remember I never had experienced depression ever before. And in college, I wasn't even going to classes. I was just staying in my room. I didn't want to talk to anybody, see anybody, like weeks. Mm. And um, and I never experienced that. And I, I attributed it to it like I'm just, I'm just lazy and self-sabotaging myself. I didn't understand until now that I'm older. I think I was going through really bad depression mm-hmm. then. I, I was okay with failing every any any class. That's not usually how I right, am. Right, right. You know, and I was okay with completely disassociating myself from everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, even going outside gave me such anxiety. I just wanted to stay in the dorm room. I just wanted my professors to just email me, you're done with this class, we're over you, so that I could just leave. Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't know what was happening. But even that thought of opening up my email gave me anxiety because I was like, they're going to kick me out. Oh, my yeah. God. It was like this struggle of like, you know what you should be doing. Why aren't you doing it? What's happening? Why can't I move? You know? And so um, recently, like, it just, I was talking to my husband. I was like, you know, I think I think I just need to take better, for myself, mm-hmm. I need to take better care of myself. I know that it's different across the board for everybody. But for me, I've realized me taking care of myself is crucial to my mental health. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that I isolate myself. I mean, there were even times today that I would think even to hang out with you guys. I love hanging out mm-hmm. with you guys. But there were times I was just like, I don't even have the energy to go out with my siblings. With you guys. Wow, yeah. It's never struck me yeah. that bad. You guys have usually been like, all right, yeah, they'll make me. I, I, I might feel better with them. Mm-hmm. And even then I was like, nah, I'm just going to stay here. Um, you know, after praying and everything, I was like, okay, you know what? Mabel you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Lord, I don't have the strength to do it. You give me the strength. Mm-hmm. And slowly I've been like picking myself back right. up again. I think what's so impressive, Mames, as I'm listening to you talk is you're able now because you've experienced depression, you know, several times in your lifetime um, to recognize the signs of what that looks like, you know, what comes along with that. Yeah. And you mentioned some key things. Like you said, you know, um, loss of pleasure and things that you once found enjoyable or pleasurable so like spending time i think the one that hits you the hardest was like spending time now with your siblings which that's kind of the one where you feel the safest environment you know that's the safest environment for you Mm -hmm. and for you to not even want you know not even have the energy or the desire to do that you said you know in college you were isolating yourself you know you were withdrawing you weren't going to classes you weren't hanging out with friends anymore things that were different because there was a time before that i'm guessing where you were very social and you were hanging around and, you know, going to your classes and, you know, completing the the assignments was perfectly okay with you. And even that, you know, where it starts to, where it starts to impair your, your ability, your daily task, you know, your ability to do your classwork and, you know, see a friend or go out into the cafeteria and have a meal, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that's when you start to, okay, those are, those are signs. Something is, you know, different than it was before. Something has changed. You know, things are starting to be impaired in my daily life, my daily living. And so, yes, first, that's the first step is recognizing something's off. Something's not quite right. It's not the same as it was. I'm not satisfied with this, you know, being my life right now. And then it's being able to like really assess, okay, what do I, what can I do? What's within my control to do that would help me to uh, kind of alleviate these symptoms or, or these behaviors, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for you, it was like, okay, you kind of got a game plan for other people. You know, it's so hard to really recognize, okay, what can I do that's different? Especially if this is the first time you've ever experienced, you have no clue what you can do because it's like, I don't even know what's going on with me. That's how it was when I was in college. That's how I felt. I didn't know what was happening Mm -hmm. with me. And that's what I'm telling you. I attributed it to Mabel. You're such a loser. Mm -hmm. Oh, like man. your self sabotage. Why are you doing? That? And yeah. I couldn't rationalize it. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, and it took me until I was so an adult important. to know. Yeah, I think I was depressed. Yep. And I mean, clearly, just listening to you talk about it, it definitely does sound very much like you I know, didn't know it at characteristics the time. of depression. And so that's why it's so important for us as humans to make sure that we reach out to someone we trust. Like, hey, yeah. these are the things I'm feeling. Like, you know, just kind of bounce ideas off of each other. 
first step is always going to be if you're feeling that way, go to your MD, go to your primary physician and just say, hey, these are the things I'm experiencing. More than likely, you know, they'll do a physical evaluation on you. They'll have you fill out a questionnaire, you know, um, ask you certain things like, you know, um, uh, how how long or how often have you been feeling, you know, the sadness on a scale of one to 10? How sad do you feel? Um, you know, they'll ask you questions about your appetite. Has it changed? You know, are you eating more or less? Yes, are you sleeping less or more? Yeah. Like all of those things are important. Once they start to get an idea and they start to feel, you know what, this sounds a little more, not so much that might be a medical condition. Like it's not, you know, you've got sleep apnea or anything like that, but it's more, or, you know, or it's not a thyroid problem mm -hmm. or then it's like, okay, well, this is something, this is something outside of, you know, that medical um, scope per se of, you know, it's not something that's organically happening in your body. It's maybe something else. And so then it's like, okay, let's refer you to a psychiatrist, see if meds might help. If meds are not the option, then Hey, therapy might help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's therapy and medication through a psychiatrist, you know, so you see a therapist and then you see your psychiatrist for the med evaluation. And sometimes it, it just really depends. There's a lot of resources. I was going to say, as you were saying all of that, right. Mm -hmm. I was like, see, that doesn't sound as intimidating. But for <laughs> some reason, someone says, oh, tell your doctor. And you're like, no way. <laughs> There's no way. I don't need this on my file. Yeah, like, that's right. Why that's do we right. think that? You know, but like, you know, it's like, but, but let's be real. If you got a they pain go, in they your side, so wrong. Uh -uh. It, and it's the truth because so I know scared. I'm guilty of that. Like, uh -huh. I'm like, I'm not going to go to the doctor because it's scary, <laughs> right? But as soon as I feel like this is for real, I might die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the first one to go to the doctor. And I just... I guess what I'm trying to encourage you, Familia, and what I'm encouraging myself as I'm even talking about this is it's so important, like you said, Mabes, that we take care of our bodies in every way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, get your regular checkups with your doctor. Go to your dentist, you know. Mm -hmm. Does it seem scary? Yeah, but it's for our best. And let's be real. We all know it's better to catch things ahead of time than when it's too late. Yeah. You know, so being active and proactive when it comes to our health and all physical health, mental health, emotional health, all of that mm -hmm. is super crucial to us living, you know, a very productive and satisfactory life. Yeah. I'm now in my 30s and I've, I've it's just now, honestly, it's just now within this year yeah. have I made the connection. Mm -hmm. I've never made that connection before. And as I go back, I realize, yeah, when I when I completely stop taking care of myself, mm -hmm. I just downward spiral mm -hmm. and my mind just cannot seem to catch up with yeah. me and I, I start losing myself I do yeah um, and that's really common because I mean I've experienced that myself where I tend to maybe overwork myself sometimes mm -hmm. um, and then that produces stress and when I when I felt I mean I remember just recently maybe gosh maybe six months ago mm -hmm. um, you know I'm over here you know carrying my little you know smart watch and all these things yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, I'd be, I just started noticing my heart rate was just not, it wasn't regulating. Like it just kept elevating, elevating. And I remember being, I would have certain, you know, regular checkups with my doctor. And all of a sudden it was like, your heart, like, did you run to get here to us? Or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what were you doing before you came in? I'm like, uh -huh. nothing. I walked here. Like, He's like, were you sprinting? It's like your though? heart is like super elevated as if you're working out. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not. No way. It was like, and it got to a point where I started getting scared. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, maybe something's wrong with me. I have some kind of a medical condition. Mm -hmm. Like, that's where my mind goes. And go figure. Like, we always think mental health lasts. Yeah. Really what it was is I was stressing the heck out. No way. I was overworking myself. And so it was it was causing my heart to have to work harder because I was constantly stressed out. So but nice. I didn't feel worried. Like I didn't feel nervous like in my stomach where, you yeah, know, sometimes yeah. when you're anxious, you might feel it in your stomach. I've mm -hmm. learned to recognize those symptoms. But no, it was just, I didn't even realize I was overworked or stressing out. I was constantly worried about certain things that I had to get done. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see it that way. And so I, I remember asking for a little bit of time off. I had to get some stuff together with myself. And I was like, I need this for me. And wouldn't you know, like within that week, all of a sudden my heart started regulating. Wow. It was it was back into like, you know, the 70s or 80s and resting rate. Yeah. It was at like 110 if I'm sitting down before. Oh my it was crazy. You know? And so it's just so important that we, you know, you, you just got to be very vigilant with what's going on with you emotionally, you know, yeah, we physically. Do. I and mean, you, you were told right about that. Like you hit it right on the nail, uh, or the head of the nail. How, how's that <laughs> phrase go? <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. You hit it right on that nail, girl. <laughs> um, where I, I have had, I have had things too, like where, oh, this hurts me. This right. hurts me. 
and and I, yeah, I've never stopped to think. Oh wait, how am I feeling mm-hmm. like emotionally, like, mentally? Have I been overworked lately? Or I am never I have thought of thinking that before. About getting these tasks done and freaking out that I might not get them done on yeah. time. You know, but it's always like my heart's broken. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I might be dying. Like, yeah. I don't know why my heart is so elevated. And your doctor just did they pretty much tell you like, have you been stressed? Well, actually, I don't even think it crossed their mind because I was like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, honestly, I came up with it on my own because then I took time off. And I was I remember talking to a couple of friends and they're so sweet. They work in the same you know field that I work uh-huh. in. And I said, wouldn't you know, my heart started regulating it. And they looked at me and they're like, Huh, you think? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. They're like, girl, you were stressing the heck out. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That is true. I just was constantly on the go, go, go. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to really just kind of sit, be quiet, be still, and just take care of myself. Yeah. I was constantly trying to meet deadlines and do things. It was just the pressure of like the things that I had to get done within that time. Yeah. And so I was, but it had been like a good three months where my heart was constantly doing that. So you would think before I got to the three months, I should have gotten it checked out. But mm-hmm. I was just like, no, I would I out of mind. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It'll regulate. But it wasn't. It wasn't until I asked for time off from work and was able to just kind of just do me mm-hmm. that my heart started. And I was like, wow, I was stressed oh my out goodness. and I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got to know, too. Like, I just need a little bit of time. Yeah, you need some time. You know, take some time. Yes, and there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. that, girl. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to share some of the... the, the, the two articles of um, some celebrities and the things that they've had to say about how uh, they deal with um, anxiety or depression. Uh, Kristen Bell was talking about it in a video that she did. And some of the some of the takeaways that I took from it were such good point. Yes. She said so she struggled with it since she was like 18. Yeah. Right. She said mm-hmm. with anxiety and um, depression, and depression yeah, as well. And, depression. and she was saying never feel embarrassed or ashamed about who you are, or mm-hmm. how you're feeling. She said, if you forget your mom's birthday, feel ashamed about that. If you're prone to gossiping, feel ashamed about that. But never feel embarrassed or ashamed about the uniqueness that is you. Mm-hmm. And particularly she's talking about, you know, when you feel anxiety, or you feel depression. And her advice was, it's okay to get help. Mm-hmm. That's, that's totally okay. Like, mm-hmm. do what you need to do, you know, but don't be ashamed yeah. of it and close off and not seek the help yeah. that, you, that you can get. If we're going back to, you know, talking about like destigmatizing going to a doctor or going to even a mental health professional, so a psychotherapist mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Think about, you know, how she's saying, um, never feel uh, like afraid to go ask for help, right? Yeah. And it's okay to ask for help from a professional, right? I mean, I'm just thinking about like in my own life, whenever I felt super overwhelmed or I needed to vent, who do I go to? The people that I trust most. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I know enough to know I can't keep it to myself. Like if something is going wrong in my life, I usually seek someone that I really trust and I know I can just vent to because I got to get it off of my chest. Yeah. And usually after that, you know, my person will listen or whatever and I feel better, mm-hmm. you know, or they'll we'll bounce ideas back off and forth off of yeah. each other. Right. But then I also know that say my loved one or something like if I'm coming to you, Mames, right? I know at the end of the day. If I'm worried about, like, let's say my heart condition that time, yeah, you can, like, yeah, you'd probably just tell me, Sandy, go to your yeah, doctor. I would, I would you know? definitely tell you because that. Because let's be real, there's certain things that I'm just not going to know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a professional physician, so I can't help in that in that regard. Um, but it's like, it's 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 that that whole practice of like making sure that we understand that it's okay to go. We do it anyways. Yeah, you know. So just it's it's all right. To just seek that and extra right. opinion. Yeah, know? my husband, every time he's like, honey, this hurts me. Like, Go to the doctor. Yeah, exactly. Go to the doctor. You're talking to the wrong person. I ain't mm-hmm. a doctor. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong. I've done it too. And then my husband tells me, I'm like, no, I said, I don't want you know. Yeah. I could wait but a little right. longer. I'm not I, dying. I would have been pushing you. Like, did you go to the doctor? Yes. Did you make an appointment? Yep. But see, so what did I do? I kept it to myself. Yes. Until it was like, you know what? Until it was bothersome enough that I was like, you know what? Maybe oh, I let me Let me say something. Yeah. <laughs> you know let what I mean? Yeah, let me tell somebody what's happening. Yeah. So it's so important to recognize what is changed, what is different than it was before. Because just, you know, just speak on it. You know, say something. Yeah. Reach out to someone. Ryan Reynolds also uh, talked with, um, or the Huffington Post kind of covered um, one of his conversations about 
him facing anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much titled, titled, I have anxiety. I've always had anxiety. And he says, you know, that he feels racked by dread and nausea before talk show appearances and convinces himself that he might die. And I was thinking about that and I was like, man, I, I know, for instance, we've talked about our postpartum experiences mm-hmm. and they were all very different. Um, uh, for mine, I remember I, it was the first time in my life that I had ever experienced like crippling anxiety. Mm-hmm. I always thought that anxiety was something that, um, and again, this is in my own ignorance, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought that it was when, when you feel anxious, mm-hmm. you have, like you said, you have that like pit in your stomach yeah. or, uh, like I felt that before and I thought, I just thought it was a little bit more elevated. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anxiety mm. could be more than that. Yeah. Like I just didn't until. It can be very crippling. Yes. Yeah. Until it hit me. And so when he said that, uh, you know, that there were times that he almost thought he was going to die. Mm-hmm. I remember there was, there was a point I, I thought like, am I going to die? Like I thought I was dying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you just, you know, and I also had to open up to my doctor mm-hmm. and I didn't want to. I yeah. was like, no, 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 because you're going to think something wrong with me. Yeah. You're going to take away my baby. Like, <laughs> right. you're and so you, that's scared. That's a real fear for most I was mommies. so, I didn't want to say a thing. Yeah. I remember in those questionnaires, I was like, mm-hmm. nope, I'm fine. Nope, I'm fine. Fine, fine, fine. Have you ever felt, nope. Have you ever, yeah. nope. <laughs> like, I, w- I was so scared. And so finally, but I'll say this real quick, family, if you're listening and you're going through something similar, reaching out for help is actually a huge indicator for a practitioner that like, you're aware so you're you know you're aware that something is different something is off and that looks good on you you know that you're wanting to get this help that you're seeking it actively you know that's being proactive that is in no way shape or form negligence that is being proactive that is being safe that is being healthy that's looking out for you and your child and doctors know that that's true well so finally um my doctor that i had i really just trusted her Mm -hmm. like and i do and um, she was always just so open and, and, and she, I, she wasn't, she never made me feel rushed. I think right. that's the thing. Yeah, Sometimes it sucks when you, difference. when you feel like they're just trying to get you and get mm-hmm. you out. I don't really want to open up. I'm right. Gonna, I just, I feel like, I don't know. Then it's scary. Yeah. But I she agree. was really taking her time and she's like, how have you been? You know, have you considered going back to work after mm-hmm. your, um, you know, six weeks, like all of this stuff. And so finally she's like, you know, I've been feeling this way and this way and this way. And she's like, oh, so you're feeling really bad anxiety, huh? And I was like, yeah. And so she walked me through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And she was like, try these things. If that doesn't work, I want you to be back with me so we can talk about other stuff that mm-hmm. you can that we can do together. And luckily, me being honest with my husband and some of the steps that she told me to take. Um, and honestly, I had to walk like hand in hand with her. Mm-hmm. It really did help yeah. me um, to, to do the things that she would tell me. When you feel in that moment the anxiety and like you're going to die, think of these, you know, do mm-hmm. these things. And I would do them. And I was like, okay. Um, I need to take a minute and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do these steps or, or whatever it was. And, and you're right. It all started. I don't know what, I don't know what would have happened if I wouldn't have reached mm-hmm. out. And I wasn't, I didn't want to tell my husband either. I, mm-hmm. I didn't want him to think like, oh, I can't handle this. I'm a new mom and I, I can't handle this. Like yeah. it, I should be able to take on all of this, you know? And, and, and that's why I think, sister, it's so important that we share our stories. You know, like it's so empowering to hear other people's stories and their journeys when it comes to mental health issues, because then, you know, oh, others. Have, it's not just me then. Yeah, because it does. It can be such a crippling feeling and, and such an isolating feeling when you feel like you're the only one that's going through that. It's like, how will anybody understand? Here you are trying to be the fake happy, right? Yeah. The perfect mom, you know, who just had a baby and has it all together and looks so well put together. And, you know, but it's like, no, reality is not like that. Yeah. you're gonna be and super tired to. yeah you know? and that was the thing I needed I needed truth being yes. spoken to me yes. too because me isolating myself all I could hear in my mind was were those thoughts yeah that were a terrible so mom I can't yeah. believe you've wanted this for so long to have a child you can't even handle it uh this shouldn't be hard you've seen those women that can mm. do it they can both be great mommies. They can nurse. They can do this. They can do that. And like you are feeling it all of it mm-hmm. I've a been couple there, days sister, in, yes. you know, Ugh, and yeah. it was just it was it was just bogging mm-hmm. me down. And so finally, I remember when it just hit, you know, the very cusp of everything and I just couldn't anymore. Um, I remember I was at a breaking point. And really, it wasn't because I wanted to share. It was because my husband just kind of caught me in a moment that mm-hmm. off guard mm-hmm. and it just came out. And I told him and he was like, okay. And that's when he gave me like an action plan, like him on his own too, you know, because I remember my doctor was telling me, okay, well, you want, you want an action plan, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, okay. He was like, you're done. You're done doing all of these other things that you're trying to Mm -hmm. do to be this amazing mom. Mm -hmm. The nursing's cut off. This is cut off. That's cut off. Like 
you've we've you've done an amazing job. It's okay mm-hmm. to let it go. It's okay, mama. It's okay to Let me ask you this. Yes. How did you feel in that moment when those words were spoken from your husband to you saying, "Okay, I've noticed these are the things you've been doing. Stop the Okay, breastfeeding's an issue. Let's just stop that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't yeah. have to do the nursing." You know, what was that like for you? It honestly felt like I could finally take a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It felt like I was yeah. drowning the whole time. It felt a little freeing. I ask you because I remember that being an experience for me where when I had my daughter, <laughs> it was just being like drilled into me that like you have to nurse. And if you nurse, awesome. I That is amazing. Any way you feed your child, if you're feeding your child, you're being an awesome mama. Yes, you know, it doesn't fed. matter how you're feeding your child. You're feeding your child. Uh-huh. They're getting what they need, the nutrients that they need. You are doing a great and awesome job, yeah. right? For me at the time, I wanted so badly to nurse and only nurse. And I was being fed all these things of like, that's all you have to do. You know, don't even think about formula. Like, you know, but I was having some serious issues, lots of pain that was just ridiculous. Um, I mean, I don't even want to get into the details because it was gruesome. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, the stuff that was going on with me was very gruesome when it comes to the nursing part. Mm-hmm. It was rough. And so I just felt so bad. Like, how am I going to have my daughter latch on when I'm this way, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was just, it was really, really hard. And I was able to muster through the pain for the three months, three and a half months around there. And then, and all because I was like, I have to do this. I have to, you know, I have to be perfect in this way. And I remember just sitting there crying one day and my husband walks in and he's like, babe, what's wrong? And I say, you know, I feel all this pressure that like I have to at least, you know, nurse her until she's eight months. And he's yeah. like, who said that? I'm like, well, that's <laughs> what I had in my mind. Like, I have to do you it. You were for, also you know? being shamed by I, like I was people, you know, by even like professional people. Yes. It was a different time yes, too when it you was. had your I daughter. Remember, it's just like, I remember even being told like, why wouldn't you do this if you can? Why wouldn't you yeah. give your daughter the best? Not that the shaming doesn't happen now. Right. But yes, I remember. But it was rough. I remember. It so was I just so felt rough like on I just you. have to. And so I remember just breaking down. Like I'm. I you remember were almost not even allowed to, to quit. No, it wasn't an option. Uh-huh. I remember even telling my, you know, and I'm trusting these medical professionals, which I mean are amazing. But you know, I think when a mom is that anxious and that desperate, it's like, dude, give her some peace of mind. Yeah, there the are mommy other has options. to be okay too. Like because then not, I can't be a good mom to my yeah, child. You know. Exactly. So I remember just crying, and my husband just kind of like, babe. Who said you have to do it for eight months? I'm like, well, that's what you know the, the professional to say it, and that's what I wanted mm-hmm. in my mind, and blah blah blah. And he's like, babe, no, yeah, there are other options. She can be formula fed, and she'll be just fine. And the truth is, I was formula fed, and I was just fine. <laughs> yeah, he we was formula are, yeah. fed, and he was just fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, I felt like I just was being a terrible mom. Like if I couldn't do this, then what good am I as a mother? Kind yeah. of a thing. And your mind already is, is such at a vulnerable state yes, because you're such a going through state. the whole postpartum. Exactly. You're tired. Uh, you haven't slept. And yes. I mean, I might already. Everything's working against you She wasn't sleep, tra- sleep trained until three months. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I'm still like going off of On three films. hours of sleep yep. every, you know, couple hours. Yeah. And so it was just like, oh, my goodness. And he was just so sweet. Like, he, I remember he just said to me, you know what, babe? No. Who ca- I don't care what anybody says about <laughs> yeah. the eight month mark. Yeah. You did the best that you could for the three months. You you know you nursed her for three months. That was more than you know. You we probably even expected, babe. You did a great job. Yeah. Let's move on to formula because her health mm-hmm. is important and so is yours. And when he said that, I just remember feeling so freed, like <gasps> like yeah, all this weight was just true. off of me because all of a sudden it was like somebody understood. Someone was in my corner, yeah. had my best interest and my child's best interest at heart and was just like, forget what the world says. This is our child. Yeah. You know? We're the ones that have to try to, you know, raise her up and and, you know, make sure that she's getting everything that she needs. We see her every day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And I just remember after that, it was like, oh, this is just. That's awesome. But it was just. Yeah, sometimes you need that. I know for me, it was it was that it was really just, um, you know, leaning into the resources that Mm -hmm. I had. And and by God's grace, you know, I was I was able to get to a better place Mm -hmm. and start enjoying uh, the fact that I was this new mommy, you know, Mm -hmm. not that that's the thing. It's. In the moment, like, I loved that I was a mommy. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, so that wasn't it at all. It was everything else, like, all these other things going on within right. me that now now that I could deal with them, now I could get to that core very mm-hmm. much enjoy, like, mm-hmm. happy that I was a mommy, yep. you know? And, um, 
yeah. So going back to uh, Ryan Reynolds, some of the stuff that I I didn't know about this, but I guess he grew up like in a volatile environment because of his late father. And as a young boy, he kept the house exceedingly clean in himself as to not agitate his dad. Wow. So it was like the sense of perfection, right? And he was saying he found that, um, you know, when you stress out kids, and I loved this, when you stress out kids, there's a weird paradox that happens because they're suddenly taking on things that aren't theirs to take on. Mm -hmm. And I know like in Ephesians, for instance, chapter six, when, uh, you know, Paul is talking about uh, how God wants um, us children to be with our parents mm-hmm. and he wants us to honor and respect our parents. But then where he says, you know, parents don't exasperate your kids. Um, it, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit because when we, when we do these things to our kids, mm-hmm. like even putting stuff on their little shoulders that they don't right. need to have on them mm-hmm. can cause them later on in life to have things like anxiety as yep. Ryan Reynolds was talking mm-hmm. about. And so he said that he has found that doing interviews like in character, like when he was doing Deadpool two, I guess it helped him to combat the stress and the anxiety that he would feel. And he also said that once he actually begins an interview, a lot of his anxiety starts to vanish. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's because, yeah, our mind plays up a yeah. situation like you can't do it. You're going <laughs> to die if you do it. And then once you're in it, you're like, Okay, I'm taking steps. Okay, I'm okay. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I'm surviving. Yeah. I'm good. Right. You know, a lot of times too, it's reminding yourself, hey, like something you've done that was harder than that. I've done that. Oh, that's and I a survived good tip. It. Like yeah. I lived through it. I, you know, I came out just. Fine. I gave that whole speech in front of those ten thousand people. <laughs> yep. I I've could, done I, it before. I, I could be in this again. room with ten. You yeah, know, <laughs> like, exactly. I'm gonna start doing that. Study. Mm-hmm. That's great. Just like I remember when we did the um. The Yoda wisdom. I don't remember what episode that was where you said, you know, remember to tell ourselves, I get to do this, not Mm -hmm. I have to. I say it to myself all the time now. Mm -hmm. I say it to my friends. I'm like, (laughs) whenever, you know, they get in bouts of like, I have to go do this. I'm like, well, remember, I'm going to be that annoying person. Mm -hmm. You get to do this, right? Right. I have friends that want to hang out with Mm -hmm. me. Like when I feel like I just want to isolate myself. That's right. Oh, yeah. You have (laughs) friends that want to see you. Yeah. Go out and go see them. Mm-hmm. And that motivates me to be to like, that. you know what? Yes. My friends don't care about, you know, any what I all, these like lies outwardly. or stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever I tell myself. Mm-hmm. They love me and they want to see me. That's right. So, girl, don't isolate yourself. Yes, go sister, and see I'm the people that you love. Yes. That too. So I yep. love I love those mm-hmm. tips. Girl, I'm going to use the other one that you were talking mm-hmm. about, too. That, <laughs> you know, think of something worse that you did that was yeah. like that turned out just fine or something like, harder there's no you way mean. you're gonna ever be able to do that and then you did and you it did it and it's like if i can do that i could what's this? this yes yeah yeah he says um he says when the curtain opens right before he does an interview because he says he hates doing like late night stuff like it just oh, wow and he does great yeah, at him so he always looks so confident yeah <laughs> i turn on this uh knucklehead and he kind of takes over and goes aw- and goes away once again as i walk off stage he said that's the great self-defense mechanism. I figure if you're going to jump off a cliff, you might as well fly. <laughs> and I love that. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I think I do the same thing, too, is I just I, I just sometimes I use humor mm-hmm. as this self-mechanism, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, all right. And then all of a sudden I feel like a lot of the anxiety and everything just melts off mm-hmm. of me and goes away. You know, it doesn't it, it works, I would say, 95 percent right. of the time. Yeah. And see, and that's the trick is if you have certain things like certain tools in your toolbox right, for living life. Yep. So it's like humor will work, but then, you know, uh, maybe 5% of the time it's not going to work. So then that's when you use your other tool. Yeah. Right. Something else that's going to work. And my other tool is going to be, think about something hard that you did right? that was harder than this. Because yeah. our tools are not going to work 100% of the time for everything. Mm-hmm. That's why you have a plethora of other skills, right? Yeah. So you can kind of interchangeably use them for depending on the situation. Yes. So that's important too because sometimes I've had people I work with and it's like, well, I tried deep breathing and it didn't work. And it's like, okay, <laughs> so let's try something else because maybe today deep breathing wasn't the thing. Yeah. You know, but Deep tomorrow, breathing helps. Yeah, it, does. it does. I've tried it. It does for me yes. too. You know, or walking away for that sec or yeah. distracting yourself for, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes and then come yeah. back to situations once you're cool or whatever or calm and collected. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's important to know too. Our skills don't work all of the time. And so that's why it's important to interchange them with other tools. But having a list of at least five different things that you can do mm-hmm. is very helpful. Yeah, that's so true. Use that toolbox mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. It's okay to get help. It's yes. okay to go to people. All these things are good things. Mm-hmm. Before we close off this episode, uh, I, I want you to know, Familia, there, we're going to have all these links for resources on our website. But before we close off, 
if you have been dealing with any of this and if you've been dealing with even suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. um, that's also one thing that we want you to know you are not alone. That's right. There is help that you can mm-hmm. get. Um, I know there's a suicide um, yes, helpline. Yes. So if, if please, Familia, if you have been having any kind of thoughts of self-harm or, or suicide, or you know someone, a loved one, a family member, a friend, a colleague, someone who might be experiencing these um, very same thoughts or experiences, we, we just we encourage you to please reach out to someone, talk to a friend, particularly the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They can be reached at 1-800-273-TALK. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. There's also a crisis text line. If you know calling is not your thing, you want to text someone that's big with the youth nowadays, go ahead and give them a text. You can reach them by texting the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to the number 74 74- one seven four one again that's send a text with the word home h-o-m-e to the number seven four one seven four one you are not alone familia you are and it's confidential yes you know and there is there are resources and i know before we go some of the things um, i have always heard is if you know somebody that's struggling with with suicidal thoughts um be present Mm -hmm. be there yeah listen Mm -hmm. be there um you know it's, it's not enough to just say, well, I'm, I'm praying for you or have you in my thoughts. Like you want to be there. Mm-hmm. You want to be present. And we all need to be better at that for with each other mm-hmm. is when someone's struggling with that, with depression, with anxiety, with any type of, um, you know, mental illness for us to be there mm-hmm. and make ourselves available. Mm-hmm. We may not have all the answers, but um, us ourselves being informed and being able to lead them to what they may need. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I think just like we say, when you tell somebody something's hurting, you tell them go to the doctor we could be that person be like, hey, why don't you reach out to the hotline? Why don't you reach mm-hmm. out? You know, why don't you talk to a therapist? Why don't you go here? Why don't you mm-hmm. go there? Um, that's that's always a huge step. So, Familia, we we thank you for joining us on today's episode. You know, these are these are things that are um, very important to talk about and to make sure that uh, we know that, like we've said, you know, we are we are not alone and there's ways mm-hmm. to get help. One way I want to close out too is Psalm ninety four nineteen. Uh, the psalmist is saying here, when anxiety was great within me, God, your consolation brought me joy. And I know this was one of those verses that I've always clung on to. And it's true because at the end of the day, I know that there'll be times that we can face um, moments where you feel like this is just overtaking me. Mm-hmm. And yet, as we've talked about, God and his goodness will lead us to what we need. And we just have to have that faith and be open. And it starts with a lot of the time, let God use other people in mm-hmm. your life to be able to steer you towards the help that you need to get. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the times we could be like, I've been praying, God, I've been praying for you to take this away, take this away. And God's like, my beloved, I'm trying to lead you right. to open up and tell people you need the help that you need mm-hmm. so that the healing can start and the help can, can, you know, be given to you mm-hmm. type of a thing. So we got to trust that when the Lord says, you know, give all your anxieties, all your cares, cast them on me, that we give them to mm-hmm. him so that he, our eyes can be open to the answers that we need, mm-hmm. you know. So thank you, Familia, for joining us. As always, you can find us on littlemasspodcast.com where you can find all of our past episodes. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And Familia, we are here for you. If you want to just talk to somebody, uh, reach out or share your story, you can email us at a littlemasspodcast at gmail.com as well or contact us page on our website. For now, this is Mabel and Celeste. And you've been listening to A, a Little, Little Mass. Mass. Adios.